Temperance. My name is Ian. And this is Tuesday After Next. Now I know all of you, our 15 listeners, have been left in suspense of what this month was going to be about. I mean, we were like, is it going to be monster movies? Is it going to be about black people? I know, <laughs> those were the be... only two options we gave there you. Were, no, no, there were rom-coms, the rom-com schools. <laughs> I don't feel like we ever really Yeah, you know, we were definitely more, like, I, I was definitely, yeah, my, no, our my vote, my strong intention was to be, I want monster movies. And at the same time, I kept saying, Ian, pick whatever you want, Godzilla. Go ahead, please choose Godzilla. <laughs> this is all up to you, I will not put my intent in it. My opinion, my Gojira. Like, but Gojira, Gojira. Yeah. <laughs> but this month, Ian chose. Well, I mean, wait, wait, wait. We will have a kaiju month. Like, we will. I that's would not love not gonna happen. To have a kaiju month. Yeah. Um, this month, I was like, okay, we really should do Black History. So. Yep. <laughs> that being well, wait, wait, wait. That being said, not we. Really... Ian did. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I agree. No, I was like, okay. Mm. Um, I feel like we you could know, have talked about this more off air. But, but you know how, okay, so we re- recently on Hulu, uh-huh. Hulu's like, yeah. not just because of February month, yep. black people are talking. I was yep. like, I don't know, Hulu, I think you should have like put that out maybe in January. Yeah, March. Should not say it's month. like, <laughs> it's not just for Black History Month that we're going to showcase black voices. I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. is it that? So we're kind of falling into that same trap. Yeah. 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 I was perfectly fine not doing anything for Black History Month because uh, as a minority, as I say in each podcast, I'm already always willing to say this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm always willing to talk about Black people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I'm trying to look back over our picks and we have, you know, I don't know. Uh, a lot of yeah. it is me picking white directors and white people. So I'm just choosing whatever feels right at the time. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but this month, for February, yes indeedy dandy, we're doing Black History Month. Or, we're doing more movies, specifically. Yeah. We're doing movies that either have a um, majority of a African-American cast, I say black cast because they don't have to be African-American, or written or directed by a black person. Yeah. And that's broad. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes me wonder, you know, it kind of goes back to auteur theory, who are we looking to when we look towards the driving creative force behind a film? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm thinking of doing Inside Man, and that's as much because of the lead actor Denzel. Denzel-y. As it is the director Spike Lee. So, mm-hmm. who holds the weight here? Uh, Temperance is thinking of doing Like Mike. I was thinking of doing Like Mike because um, I enjoy that movie, and I think, I think when I think of, I literally typed in... African American movies mm-hmm. and Google picks picks like the most dramatic ones out there. Twelve Years a Slave, If Beagle Street Can Talk, The Hate You Give. If Beagle Street Can Talk. Sorry, not Beagle. <laughs> Secret Life of Pets Three. If Beagle, Beagle Street Can Talk. talk. <laughs> it gets real deep of what happens to beagles in this country. Um, they get talked out upon by me <laughs> and by cats. Yeah, there's this thing that happened with my coworker when I realized that she was trying to talk very highly of her dog, which I remembered was a beagle. And Temperance does but not like beagles. I'm still gonna like them. She I just don't ugly. think. Yeah, I do. I think their droopy eyes are a little scary. So your coworker's like, I love oh my, my dog. dog. She's like, so beautiful. <laughs> and then Temperance was like, Isn't your dog a beagle? <laughs> and then her coworker was like, Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, and the Temperance was like trying, no, no, no. I trying meant to that. dip I out of the conversation. I was just trying to remember that your dog was a dog that is called a beagle. Just clarifying. Temperance does this a lot though, <laughs> where she just puts it into her tone and yeah. it's like, ow. Yeah, I think it's like when people like 
love their like baby and they're like oh my baby's so cute and i'm like it's just a baby you were saying about anyway black movies anyways, black movies and like they're just like really dramatic especially the ones that you know i guess win awards they're just usually involve heavy topics about race and like i definitely like movies that like have african-american people in it but it still has like comedy or some real life value um, not that talking about race in those movies have like a, are a problem in any way. I just think that if you put like an African American person in a movie and there's like always talking about race, I think that takes away from the individual experience. Um, I think I brought this up in when we watched Thirteen. 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 I think ninth grade maybe. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. I thought you meant the documentary Thirteen. I'm like, I don't think we watched <laughs> no, that together. <laughs> but how like that experience is just being like a typical kind of awkward junior hire and how it's the perspective of this uh white woman mm -hmm. and how like that story could be so impactful of just seeing how awkward it's being a teenager and she's just black like it doesn't have to be about race mm -hmm. that's why i was thinking like mike but i chose a different one mm -hmm. well i was also going to say like we we're talking about the whole what defines blackness in a film right because mm -hmm. like mike is directed by a white dude mm -hmm. So I tried... So is it the role of the director? Mm -hmm. Is it the cast? Is mm -hmm. it the narrative? Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So mm -hmm. I have the same issue with Lovecraft Country. Because oh, Lovecraft yeah. Country is a, you know, a novel about the after effects of Jim Crow in the South. Mm -hmm. um, about authors whose My ideas... Man. Yeah. <laughs> authors whose ideas can be um, radical and revolutionary and liberatory mm -hmm. when reappropriated and recontextualized. Mm -hmm. But in their original context were racist. Mm -hmm. um, so, Even but that I book, that book, Lovecraft Country, <laughs> mm -hmm. is written by Matt Ruff, who's a white man. Mm -hmm. um, is it directed by a white man? The TV series, I'm not sure. Oh. Um, I know they're marketing it as produced by Jordan Peele, so, but, I mean, they do that just because it's Jordan yeah, Peele, yeah, so. Yeah. I don't know, it's, who, who defines um, whether or not something has something to say about the black experience? It could be audiences, too, you know, mm -hmm. talking about. Uh, reclaiming spaces or creating alternate readings of texts. Totally. Mm -hmm, so. mm -hmm. um, I chose this movie, though, when I was looking it up. It, it was, like, in the very, like, long end of Google search, mm. and it said this movie. And this movie, um, it was between, like, Mike and this movie, but I had already chosen this movie before I realized that, like, Mike actually has, like, well, actually really just two black guys in it. Mm. <laughs> but this movie specifically had, it was a coming-of-age movie, and I just, I think I rarely encounter coming-of-age movies um, with an African-American cast or it's African-American-focused because it feels that I can come across, like, so many, like, coming-of-age of, like, little white boys. Mm. Like, so many of them. Boyhood. Like, oh, what is it? It's, like, the bad boys, the little good bad... There's, like, these three junior high boys, and there's, like... Bad boys. Is it really called bad boys? Or is it called good boys? Super bad. Dang it. Um, like, I know the one you mean. Yeah, um, I know. I watched that by myself, and I actually thought it was actually pretty good. It's called Good Boys. It's called Good Boys. But I really, I feel like I really actually um, encounter coming-of-age African-American movies, so I was very intrigued. So this movie actually has a lot to do with, like, high school. Mm -hmm. And Ian and I, for some reason, have just encountered, like, things that happen in public school that Ian doesn't necessarily have first-hand knowledge of. Um, that I was like, oh yeah, um, uh, one of them was, uh, donkey basketball. Yeah, we were listening to Mubim Mayhem yesterday, <laughs> and they were talking about, there was a question that related to donkey basketball, and I'm like, <laughs> and Tamara's just like, ah, laughing like she gets it, and I'm like, okay, so what's donkey basketball? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's like, 
horse or something, right? <laughs> like just some oh, take on like, basketball. Okay. Like if you were but players longer, or there's like intricate donkey. rules, whatever. Okay. Uh, I was like, all right. So they took horse and they bastardized it and they have donkey. Like that's comedic. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This was a real thing. No. The real high school just viewed yeah. in their high school yeah. auditoriums. For our high school in California, they, uh, what you did was you like, um, Bit you first of all you had to like nominate a teacher and it was like a really popular teacher who got mm-hmm. to play donkey basketball. Which there's already so much to unpack right there. Like, go ahead. <laughs> and then once a teacher said, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it," it was a fundraiser, so you could like when you bought tickets, I think they were like nine dollars or something like that. It went to a special charity that we were doing at the time, but donkey basketball itself was an event. They were like four donkeys for each team, so eight donkeys in totals, and the teachers would ride them. It was really more of a pull at times because you were able to get off your donkey and try to pull them to the other side. Clarifying question. Did you... Okay, so you're making a throw, right? Mm-hmm. You're swishing a hoop. Mm-hmm, swishing a hoop. You have to do it from the donkey. You get on the donkey and you throw it. No, but I'm, I'm saying you're off the donkey, you're pulling it. Uh-huh. You can't throw the ball from there. Uh-huh. You have to be back on the donkey, question mark, right? I actually don't know. I don't really remember. I just remember most of our teachers, they got on the donkey and tried to take the shot. It's the craziest thing because I'm thinking like, this is weird. Like, like, you know, it's weird. But I would just like to say that, you know, I don't know. I didn't figure it was weird in context until Ian didn't know what it was. It was like, now I think it's kind of weird that we were yanking donkeys down on our basketball court trying to shoot some hoops. There's this book which got turned into an okay movie that some people really like called John Dies at the End. And there's this whole idea of ideas being introduced. And it kind of goes into never-ending story, old-world stuff, where it's like, uh, there's this idea that's been around forever in the world. But it was introduced there by this, like, malevolent multiverse thing. So characters will, like, just be going about their lives and then see this thing that didn't exist in their universe but has simultaneously always existed in their universe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I feel the about donkey needle. basketball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this has never, ever once been a thing ever. Like or I would snow. know about it. That's like snow. But now, oh, just suddenly it's a thing that everyone knows about. Yeah. And I'm just new donkey. to the multiverse. Yeah, donkey basketball. Also, I googled rules of donkey basketball. <laughs> and the first line of the Google results is, the definition of being on the donkey is <laughs> a leg on either side and both feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you for defining being on the donkey. <laughs> uh, we also talked about, so in the movie, uh, they talk about prom and they talk about um, going to Six Flags afterwards, um, which I automatically resonate with because that was definitely a thing that my high school did where it wasn't like right after, because I know some people do right after, but um, I think it was like maybe the next day or maybe the next two days after prom that you did, we all did go to Six Flags. I didn't go to Six Flags because I thought it was too expensive. And we went, like my friends, we just went one time, we did school, and we mm-hmm. just went one time. Mm-hmm. And, and like it counts. was it was during like grad, it was like during that grad week, because every school is going to freaking Six Flags in California. Mm-hmm. Damn, I never thought about it like that. Everyone. That's true. So we went on a day where it was just during that grad, really grad month, and it was just it was just too busy, and I didn't like it. And like, you know, I, I'm not saying I don't like people, but like high schoolers that are just... <laughs> And like, let me wait in line, girl. The line moved. You better take your three steps forward. So I didn't really like it. Also, I don't think the food's really good. So plugs. Um, so I didn't go. So instead, I think me, Zoe, and Jesse just decided to uh, go to Denny's. We were there for like three hours. I feel like that's also very much a high school grad thing, though. When I went to, I want to say it was 
senior prom, winter prom. I went to a few different school dances. You did. I went to winter prom, Sadie's, and senior prom with different people. Mm -hmm. We went to an IHOP beforehand. I'm like, mm -hmm. do people just go to breakfast joints before prom? Uh, we went to Denny's before. I'm realizing now, Denny's though, people. Oh my God. that, like, other states don't have Six Flags. So what do other people do? Where are these states that don't have Six Flags? I don't think there's a Six Flags in Oregon. I bet they just drive down. <laughs> Every... <laughs> Okay, wait. There are um, six flags, like, at least two states over. Are you telling me not going to go? Sure. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Illinois. Let's talk about Illinois. I feel like it needs to be more central. You don't think there's a six let's flags talk about in Illinois? Indiana. Let's just say that we know for sure that there are seven six flags in the world. I mean, in the United States. I'm sorry. Okay, got it. So you're saying seven is enough to be uh, in the saturation. Yep, of every state. Right. So no one has an excuse. So it's not. And okay. honestly, like... One of the things, like, let's say you live in Pennsylvania. You're not okay. going to go to Six Flags. You're going to freaking Disney World. Disney World's in Florida. Do you know where Pennsylvania is? I do. It's right next to New York, right? I think so. I don't know. And then I'm thinking, here's here's the thing. The East Coast, all those states are so small. They're all so small. You only need one Six Flags mm -hmm. for the entirety <laughs> of uh, New England, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, I bet people are willing to, like, pay like like you know when we went to six flags or all those big trips that came up for some reason at the end mm -hmm, of senior mm -hmm, year mm -hmm. you were willing to put down some smack i'm sorry not you your parents were willing to sit down some dang it smack down some smackaroonies down so i bet that if you were in the proximity of disney world like even i think even in new york or pennsylvania even though it's in florida i'm pretty sure like high school yeah, I bet, like, or oh, we could go to Disney World, and it's going to be about $500 per person. Can you do it? Plus, I just want to point out that New York and Florida, they're still on opposite sides of the country from each other, just along the mm -hmm. x-axis, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but I bet it's, like, a three-hour flight. Um, so, I, I guess the point is there's all these things that I never encountered being homeschooled, that Temperance is just like, oh, yeah, you don't know about donkey basketball? You want to go to Six Flags? I don't know. Flags. It's just... Yeah. <sighs> these these touchstones in life that she can relate to. But there and, might be things know. like even in like call it homeschool culture yeah, that like you know oh all homeschool kids kind of did this. Yeah, you watch Bible Man. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Yeah, <laughs> Bible Man's Jesus, Ian. I encountered a lot of. I mean, and then there's the subculture of Christian homeschooling, which gets weird. There's a podcast called I think Kitchen Table Cult about it, which I recommend. It's on SoundCloud. It's a wild world out there. Mm. Um. I grazed that world, but I never really entered into it. Mm. I straddled the, you know, super Christian homeschoolers and mm -hmm. the don't give a fuck homeschoolers up here in Oregon. You is one of your friends. I feel like I have a spectrum on my end. Yeah. I know a few of your um, colleagues yeah. that were homeschooled, almost all of your friends. Well, that's not true. <laughs> almost all of your friends. And, like, I can say, like, most of your friends were probably, like, don't really care homeschooled i don't really know if you actually have any like strict like i can't even be around a cuss word type of homeschool. i had those friends yeah i knew those. i friends. don't now <laughs> i had those friends mariah mm -hmm. was homeschooled yeah i know yeah she's she turned out right should we start to yeah, talk about the movie, movie? yeah right. that. sounds right, let's, good let's get in the movie all right so my movie my pick for uh i'm gonna call it black people month um <laughs> yeah you are i chose dope it's a 2015 film. It was directed by a uh, Nigerian-American man. Rick Famuyiwa. That's a pretty awesome name. Mm -hmm. I like 
Adekanbi. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty. Yeah. Sounds pretty. I chose this, like I said, mainly because it was a coming of age movie, and I thought it was fun. Uh, gotta be honest, guys. We're always coming to you guys that uh, man. We've had another hard week. It's been a hard few days, so I was like. You know, I just want to watch something that is kind of funny and fun that uh, has a whole bunch of uh, black people in it. And I got to tell you, that's a little hard to do sometimes without, like, the movie, without the story failing. Because mm. I think you could, there are tons of, like, comedies with African-American people in it. But, mm. like, the stories are never really that good. Like, you're watching it because Next Friday, for example. Comedian, well, 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 no, I was not going to say that. There's no story in Next Friday, but, like, no, not in the same way that, that is like in the story in Friday. But that is, like, a classic. You can't. I'm saying. No, it's false. Like, Don't, we're going to talk about non-narrative out. cinema. We should talk no. about Friday. Friday's great. No, we're not Next Friday. Non-narrative. Oh. I love Next Friday. But I'm saying, like, I think of, like, Girls' Night Out. I think of all the Tyler Perry movies. That just, like, the story is just not very good. But this story, guys, dope, was actually pretty solid. Yes, absolutely. And it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. It was crazy because there were, like, times where, like, oh, this movie's only, like, an hour and, like, 45 minutes, right? But, like, it felt so much longer because there was just so much suspense of what could happen mm -hmm. and it never really going there. Mm -hmm. But towing that line of, like, how scary is this going to be for our main character? And it continually, like, uh, punctures the tension with comedy. Mm -hmm. But without, like you're saying, without ever actually really doing away with the tension. Yeah. <laughs> so it's both a, like, like a hilarious <laughs> and heartwarming and also, like, incredibly nerve-wracking experience. Yeah, there's this <laughs> Like, character... I'm constantly on edge. Dominic has, like, that perfect energy because yeah, I thought this main character was super funny. Uh -huh. And you know, so, like, I'm kind of scared of him because I think he might punch someone at any moment. I don't think he will. And then he punched someone. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot. Let's get crazy. <laughs> and Tim is like, why? Because he's a black man? And, like, no, because I think he'll just, like, beat someone up. I don't want to see any of these people get beaten up. <sighs> yeah, it was really, like, people around them getting mm -hmm. beat up and hurt, mm -hmm. <laughs> but never and somehow them. they're okay, they, which yeah, is just wild. Yeah, mm -hmm. but, I mean, yeah, it, it keeps it keeps on the edge of your seat, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool, mm -hmm. honestly. Not a lot of movies, it's hard to generate, mm -hmm. like, real tension in a film. Yeah, especially when it's a comedy, too. Yep, performances were really good, and All they the anchored, really it. Good. anchored it. Anchored it, anchored it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I got it right two of those three times. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think is in a lot of like movies that have um, an African-American cast. This movie's kind of hard because it is a coming of age, but I think it's, it's still... It's a Bill Dung's Roman. It's a coming of age, <laughs> and... And I think it still holds a lot of those elements that I find just personally problematic in a lot of um, African-American cinema. Explain. And that's um, gun violence, um, drug mm. use. Mm -hmm. Friday, but... There's really no... Like, I mean, weed mm -hmm. in Friday. Uh, but there was, I mean, there was gun violence. And, you know, there's always, like, that Debo. Yeah, R.I.P. Tiny Lister. That still throws me for a loop. Yeah. So I think there are those are those elements. But I think, like... I think the movie stayed, I don't want to say within its limits, but I think like they understood this is, I don't, I don't really know. I didn't grow up in a neighborhood that I felt was unsafe mm. or any of that stuff like happened. But I know it's constantly in media that like, this is where black people live. Like if you're in New York or something like that, or Michigan, I don't know. Or Los uh, Angeles, right? Or, or Los Angeles, yeah. So it's always to me this constant thing that, you know, African-American, low, the poor African-American people, all of us apparently, will experience gun violence, um, which I can't say I have not experienced gun violence because mm -hmm. my dog did get shot, like will experience gun violence or some type of drug use 
And I think it's so, like, just, like, prevalent in media that I don't think that it ever shows... There's no balance of the other end of just being kind of normal. And when there is those two dynamics of I lived a normal life and then I lived really poor and then gun violence, those two have to meet each other. And it's always, like, this weird mix that there's no someone in the middle or, like, we're just not focusing on, like, this aspect of... Or, like, versing each other. Mm -hmm. It's always they're either, like, this is what... It's either gun violence and drugs... I lived a normal life, like white people, I guess. I and then worse an exceptional, life, maybe, an exceptional right? life yeah. where I worked hard for all this stuff and stuff. And then they have to verse each other, you know? Like and I think ones. this movie does that with the student A, student B thing. Mm-hmm. At the, coming at the very end. Yeah, which it's not negative. I think it works in the film, but it does set up something of a false dichotomy like you're referring to in media, where you have... That minority group member, whether they're experiencing disability, whether they're a person of color, or whether they're um, an undocumented uh, individual in the United States, it's like they're either great, like exemplary, mm-hmm. like saints, mm-hmm. or uh, they're the criminal, mm-hmm. right? They're the other. They're mm-hmm. the guy that Peppermint shoots <laughs> mm-hmm. in the movie Peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there's been tons of things, like, I think, like, in, even at first glance, it's always this thing that people are trying to figure out which one you are, whether you're, like, exceptional, like, you know, you're either a doctor or a janitor or something. Oh, my God, it's the two fake bags in the movie. <laughs> oh, my God. What two fake bags? The two bags. Oh, we know it's fake. Yeah, it's, oh, man. I didn't understand that analogy at all, though. I'm not I get it lie. now. I, get I, it I now. don't really get it. Well, the whole thing is, like, it doesn't matter which, like, it doesn't matter Right, which bag is real, which bag is fake? It's who's carrying it. If it's like a dark skinned uh, black kid, a black it's male, fake. it's mm-hmm. fake. If it's a white girl, it's real. It doesn't matter if the bag is actually real. Yeah, just matters on who's holding the bag. It's Fidel's bag, that classic paradox of quantum physics. Mm-hmm. So you're saying this movie kind of. I think I'm just saying this movie has those elements that I think like. I would do without mm-hmm. like if I'm still thinking of like what's the right coming of age story for me just personally yeah. as an African-American person it really wouldn't even focus on like trying to get into Harvard it wouldn't focus on like I'm a nerd geek or drug use or violence or even like a moment where black on black crime like it wouldn't it wouldn't focus on any of those things it would literally focus on like one kid Trying to get a girl, sure. <laughs> I don't think I'm thinking now about movies that don't, you know, engage with sorrow in a cinematic way mm-hmm. or engage with lightheartedness in a cinematic way. Mm-hmm. Let's take, for example, Moonlight, which Moonlight was about, on there on that list too, which I love, mm-hmm. versus uh, Norbit, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, those are the spectrums you get. There's nothing like really in the middle, <laughs> yeah. But then I'm thinking about movies like Us. Which is, sure, it's it's heavy and it's intense, but it's not, it's not Moonlight. It's not a dramatic, it's not realism, right? What, what's I'm making a face, face, I am. I'm yeah. thinking, what's the movie? Oh, I'm thinking of Get Out, never mind, never mind. Yeah, maybe not even Get Out, right? Because it, it really clearly explores, you know, the idea of slavery. The idea of chattel slavery, mm-hmm. right? Um, in possession of black bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Us, which, you're watching it and it's... I don't know, the main cast is black. It's directed written by a black man. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, without spoiling anything for you, because I really would love to watch that with you one Which day. Which one is it? Get Out? Us. Us. Yeah, oh, the okay. most recent one. Mm-hmm. It's it's not as clearly about blackness. That being said, it absolutely can be. And for me, it raises the question of, can you have 
anyone of any race incidentally in a film, right? Incidentally? Incidentally. Just, like, it's not... Like, um, well, no, I feel like that was probably very purposeful and specific. I'm thinking, like, incidentally in a film. Well, I'm thinking, like, things that are, like, Hamilton or even, like, what's the one that we watched for the podcast? Flitten? Personal history of David Copperfield. Yeah, where yeah. these casts were like, I guess, just blind casts mm-hmm. instead of just like, just coincidentally, we put them together and these are just people living in the same community. Is that what you mean? I guess, but then I'm thinking about historical processes, right? I'm thinking it's if you're adapting Dickens onto the big screen, mm-hmm. it's not, even if it's really truly blind casting, mm-hmm. it's not incidental to have all these people of color in the cast, right? To have an actual, like, blind cast. Like, that's not an well, accidental your thing. cat just howl. I don't know. Like, there's always meaning to be read into that. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just whiteies. Like, I'm thinking, like, bringing a baby with Cary Grant. Like, they weren't incidentally white. They were very specifically white. Right? Even if that was the norm for so long. I'm not really sure I track you on this on this thought. No, I don't think I'm tracking myself. Let's let's step away <laughs> from it. But, but yeah, there's that spectrum that's set up. And it does feel like it's hard to find anything in the middle. Yeah, I would white say... White movies get a... There's a lot of white movies in the middle, right? There are a lot of white movies in the middle. I would even say something as recent as, um, you know... Ooh, I would say something as recent as um, Soul. I would even think, like... Um, what was I going to say? Soul, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. These are all animated movies, so it's not really something that I could say that it's actually, like... Um, like a live action movie that actually has some type of middle zone. But okay. even I would say in Into the Spider-Verse, a movie that I love, there's this like expectation and even his dad's a cop. Like mm. it's like, you know, you can't be like norm not normal, but like an average person and be black and be proud mm. or something like that. Or just exist. Or just know. exist. Um and even thinking about Soul, there are so many things that are actually kind of problematic about that. So Soul's a good example of how you can't just choose a movie with a black lead for Black History Month. Yeah, you can't. You can't just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not seen Soul, but I have read about it. I've had conversations with Temperance, and yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would watch that movie, but I wouldn't pick it for yeah. Black History Month, even though Jamie Foxx, you know. Yeah. I guess I would like to use that as a jumping off point uh, to discuss why I'm interested in. Uh, pursuing the idea of Black History Month, right? Mm-hmm. Recently, I was having an email discussion with my friend Kay, mm-hmm. and they're awesome. They're one of the coolest people. And we were talking about our reading habits and our tastes and everything like that. We talked about Stephen King and all the problems there, but how we both still read it and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And they sent me an article a little while later on if you're incorporating, you know, authors of color into your, mm-hmm. uh, into your reading. Mm-hmm into your reading list, it's, it's really easy to read, well, I should, I shouldn't say, incorporate authors in genres that you read, you know, for fun, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like The New Jim Crow, yes, fabulous. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, yeah, great. And also, like, what are you reading when you're reading, like, fantasy or horror or, like, Love poems, yeah, Neruda. exactly. It's like wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I just I was looking up love quotes uh, from Pablo Neruda. They distressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this beautiful one. And he said that um, I want to do to you what spring does to the cherry trees. I was like, oh wow, Pablo, don't be fucking sexy <laughs> and dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to do to you what spring does to the cherry trees. 
I want someone to do me. <laughs> Let's bring Dallas to the cherry trees. I bet it's explosive. Damn, that's okay. pretty good. I'll put it on my list. Um, <laughs> do it to like spring dust. Like cherry trees. trees. You gotta do your research. Cherry trees, question mark? Um, <laughs> Can it be a spruce? Sakura. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying now? Okay, so when you're, when you're like, Reading are you encountering, are you looking for these authors when you're going after the joyful and the lighthearted, mm-hmm. as well as the like seriously thought provoking and the heavy, right? Right. Um, so part of why I wanted to do films this month where we, the, the audience, because I'm really thinking maybe that's where it lies, we're looking to center blackness in this film mm-hmm. or to foreground blackness in this film mm-hmm. um, is because I wanted to pick not the... It was the... I wanted to, I wanted to pick fun stuff. Did you? Because yeah. you did say, you did say, because I understand that this is what your intentions are, but mm-hmm. you did say that you wanted to choose a specific one because you just thought that it was so profound for African-American cinema. And I said that that doesn't sound like you actually want to watch it. You sound It sounds like that you want to do it just because it would be a good thing to do. Here's my thing with that. And I, we're going to have a full discussion about this movie next week because I'm really leaning towards it. I was leaning towards it last month. One last thing. Yeah. I think that's where it becomes kind of problematic in cinema, where, like, we're putting African-American people in it because it's a good thing to do. Sure, sure, sure. Not because I think the story actually calls for it. Mm-hmm. Not even that. Because I think... Not even that. But I, I think that just becomes... That's the wrong intention to go about um, putting minorities in film because it's the quote-unquote right thing to do. And then it's kind of like your target where all the female models are, like, different body shapes and mm-hmm. sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're all, all the models are different colors to the different departments. So that's amazing. But you have all the women who look very, very different in terms of their age and body size. Mm-hmm. And then you don't do the same thing for the men or the kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're still pretty homogenous in terms of their, mm-hmm. their shape and size and everything. Mm-hmm. And even ability status. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, or, or, or visual ability status, yeah, right? Yeah, With yeah. visual markers uh-huh. of disability or ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my thing with the movie I'm leaning towards. It is the first horror movie directed by a, a black man, by mm-hmm. a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch, I will just burn through crummy old classic horror films mm-hmm. because I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they are silly. Mm-hmm. I think they're fun. I think they tend to be lighthearted. Um, even if the tone is supposed to be dramatic, I think they're often unintentionally really silly. Um and they also explore some really interesting themes at times, like Frankenstein or um, Cabin and Dr. Caligari, Vampire, that kind of thing. Um, so that movie, yeah, I, I, I found it because I was looking for the first uh, horror film directed by a black director. Mm-hmm. I want to watch it because I love the horror genre, mm-hmm. and it fills me with a lot of joy mm-hmm. and a lot of excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to encounter a movie that in one way or another, was a progenitor of the genre that I really just love on, on um, I don't know, a frivolous level as much as a thinkity level. Sure. So, but I'll be thinking about what you said because that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense, or is it still kind of falling into that trap? No, I think it probably makes sense. I'm just not necessarily following uh, this train of thought, and okay. it's also because I'm looking out the window. It is really nice out today. It is really pretty. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I want to say. Mm-hmm is this movie dope which i feel like we haven't actually i haven't talked about that much it's called dope it's called dope it's check it out uh this movie reminded me of a lot of other movies like fun movies with white casts or white directors yeah this movie immediately reminded me of like i said it's called we boys good boys yeah yeah it's very recent and like so much so that it 
like these three junior high boys, uh, two white boys and then an African American uh, boy <laughs> man, um, and drugs do get involved where they have to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least they're trying to get uh, give it to someone. Um, there's quote-unquote gun violence, but it's a paintball gun mm-hmm. that it is brought up in the situation, which I totally forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there is this ending thing. Well, I would say I, I say it has very different, as a, some of the similar themes, but, like, the ending story is completely different. Um, I think I kind of respect, though, the ending to Good Boys more than I respect the ending to this one. Interesting. Let's, um, let's talk about endings in a few minutes here, towards the end. Mm-hmm. If that works for you. Sure. Because um, I think it's important here why you have problems with the ending of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say this movie, like, I watch Edgar Wright, you know? We tried watching Edgar Wright for the podcast. We tried watching Fistful of Fingers. Oh, um, that was know? him? Yeah. No, thank you. And then you. he did Scott Pilgrim, and he did Hot Fuzz, and he did Baby Driver, right? He makes movies with predominantly white casts. He does. Like, sometimes exclusively or almost exclusively. Yeah, and even Baby Jared the Black Guy was one of the like big villains. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, like of all the criminals who were sympathetic, uh, Bats was the least sympathetic. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and the Asian guy who gets killed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, but it reminded me the tone of this, the musicality of this, mm-hmm. reminded me of Edgar Wright films, and I'm like, oh shoot, and. Yeah, the relationship to music. You're making a face again. But... I'm making a face. I can see what you're kind of saying. I just think they have two separate moods. I don't think there's ever a time... Like, I'm thinking Baby Jarrah specifically. Mm-hmm. I actually don't remember the, the music for Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do remember the music for Hot Fuzz. Even then, I would say it's different. I think that there is a through line in most of Edgar Wright's movies. Uh, and that through line is, is music and obviously editing. And there's directing choices and things like that. But the two things that I immediately think of when I think of Edgar Wright are editing... Um, and and musicality, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not saying that this was as extreme as Edgar Wright because mm-hmm. he definitely puts his flavor definitely, on it. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, you know, I touched this, mm-hmm. um, but it had it had the music, it had the relationship to music, as though the music was all diegetic, all happening within the context of the film, and the characters were like living in this atmosphere of music, and it had this relationship to it, and it had some of the editing, it had some of the, I think, quick cuts, um, especially uh... at the beginning. I don't I'm just know if I agree with that. A little bit. A the editing little bit. is so specific, I think, in those movies, like Hot Fuzz. It's hard like, to compare. All of them, it's like, hard to compare. Them. I think the editing was, like, crazy different because there was even that moment where, like, they are showing, like, the band playing and it has, like, all these screens and how people are reacting mm-hmm. and, like, there's so many cutaways that I just think, like, those are, like, so specific and just, like, not prevalent in any of his movies that I just think, like... I don't know. I just think it's really different. I wouldn't say the editing similar. I could see that it's probably that musicality. I definitely think that he has more of a strong relationship sure. with music to the characters where I felt like, you know, this was like a band. A, if they're in a band, the band's going to play eventually. But think about... Uh... Where I feel like it's completely unprompted when it comes to like Hot Fuzz or uh, even Baby Driver. I mean, but Scott Pilgrim's about a band, right? They do play. Yeah, they do. Um, think about the rewinds. Think about the flashbacks. Think about the... Which ones? In this movie, in Dope. Yeah. The cuts to things that have happened. Yeah. Um, without any regard for... I don't, know, I don't know. I think that there is something sort of loose and responsive about the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the visual arrangements of this film mm -hmm. that loosely parallel styles similar to Edgar Wright. So I would say that I enjoyed this as someone who enjoyed Edgar Wright movies. I think there's enough going on for, you know, a discussion of, of the two. Also, you have this high school drama that's about dealing drugs. So it made me think of Brick. It's not necessarily about dealing drugs. <laughs> not really, no. But it kind of made me think of Brick, um, which is my beat. That's another movie that has an almost entirely white cast. Um, and there's one black guy and he's dumb. <laughs> um, he's dumb and a villain. Uh, and it also made me think of Lahane, uh, because you have this core trio that is sort of, I don't know, they're, they're young and they're relatable and they have their own slang and their own like lives it's hard for me to say like I yeah i think i think it's hard to say because you're I making think, a lot of faces I'm making right a lot now because <laughs> i think like you're saying these this movie is like makes you think of all these other movies or i feel like this movie i, I can't see the connection because i think this movie just has tropes that mm -hmm. are just in, in a prevalent of a lot of movies mm -hmm. so i can't really say they're similar at all i can just say like like how if there's a mime in a movie, it's like, it's just a mime. And like, oh, this makes me think of another movie. Because a mime was in it. But someone decided like, to put a mime in it, right? So to me, it's a like, yeah, it's like a trio. Like, they do that. Or like, yeah, there's music. That thought. Yeah, there's music. I'm saying with so Lahane, there's this whole like, like... I've never seen Lahane. There's so, this whole encounter between their culture and the broader culture. Uh, which has very concrete roles outlined for them, mm -hmm. uh, which tend to be oppressive. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this whole, like, day's journey into night that I think that these characters also encounter. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm just saying I see these other movies, and it's cool to, to see a film that I really enjoyed and had a lot of fun watching. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. It didn't have to have a predominantly white cast um, or a white director, you know? Right talking about finding the same kind of joy by encountering different creators, engaging with the work of different creators. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm gonna, I actually don't really know what to say about that. So I was gonna actually talk about- um, Endings? No, not really endings. I was gonna say that there was always this moment, I think in a lot of, oh my gosh, I think this is a huge thing mm -hmm. for like black people, black men, I'm actually gonna say very specifically, that a moment where like you made this choice mm -hmm. And you had a plethora of choices and you need mm -hmm. to just like, you know, I'm going to say do the time because you, you have to, because you made this choice. Right. And I think it's like a thing that's just like hammered, like you didn't have to do this bad thing or you didn't have to like um, behave this way or do this thing. But to me, and it's like never the case. It's never the case to me. I always think that when someone like has done a bad thing or like a quote unquote like like even gun violence um like there's a there's a way that a person got there that i think like can never be like because one a sole person's fault mm -hmm. like there is either someone and and it happens a lot there's someone who's threatening someone's one's life um, I think there are too many failed systems just in America that just did not like happen to meet this person in the time that they really needed it. And therefore you come out with a lot of these different um, reactions to things because you didn't receive the help that you needed. Um, and then this person ends up like getting into the situation that is inherently bad, but it's still that one soul's person's fault. And I bring this up because I think it happens a lot to African, Amer African American men when they are like caught in a situation mm. And it's all like, you know, this is just typical 
of like an African-American man or even just a man doing. Um, and I think even in this movie, trying to have this conversation of like, why did you do it? Why did you have like all these options? You need to take responsibility of this choice that you made. And it's all like, I'm sorry. Someone said they were going to kill my mom. Mm. Um, so, or like, yeah, I guess I could have had a lot of routes. I'm not necessarily thinking about A, B, and C when someone says I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I do think, I do think though, and I think everyone wants to be braver when they're not in the sight of danger. Um, that there are moments though, where I feel like happen a lot in like, in movies and in like real life where I'm all like, it's either you die or you have to hurt this other person or you have to do this bad thing. Like compromise morally. Yeah, like, like a huge, yeah. I don't know why I think like you could just die. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like not saying like that's like an easy option, but like it feels like, well, I don't want to die. Or like, well, I can't do that. Like these are your only two options. And I'm like, are those your only two options? See how far you can go. Mm. you know like see let's see how far you get um and like i always feel like the police is brought up and people are like don't go to the police yeah don't go to the police <laughs> that's it's a good one yeah. and so like it just it just always feels like these two you have these two options in movies and it's either you do this huge moral crime or we'll kill you how long does that happen a lot does that happen every day I don't freaking know, but I feel like every like that moment like gets people to do some crazy things. And so I always think anytime I see someone like on TV and like they killed three people, that is so sad. And also, man, I wonder if they were in that situation where if you don't do this, I'll kill you. Mm. And then people got hurt in this aftermath. And again, a whole bunch of failed systems in the United States that did mm-hmm. not uh, meet this person when they needed it. Yep. Do you want to talk about the ending of the movie? Oh, yeah. I don't... So, I think I don't have a problem with, like, the ending of the movie for, like, you know, African-American people. I just have okay. a problem for the char- for the main character. Sure. The main character, Malcolm. I just didn't want him to end up with, like, this girl who I felt, like, was not around and was, like, not interested in, t- in him until mm-hmm. it got complicated. Like, not really respectful of him as a human being. Yeah, not respectful to him at all. And I didn't understand why he was interested in her other than... Because she's Zoe Kravitz. Man, you say that way more respectful. I was gonna say other than some boobies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that felt like like, and then I feel like people think that you know your main character, your main character, your main character needs to have everything at the end, like everything they've always wanted. They need to have at the mm-hmm. end. I'm like, no, I think it's more powerful, and especially since they had this whole monologue of like him responding of why he wants to go to Harvard or like. Um, the expectation, mm-hmm. even of him, or what he feels is on him. It feels like if you're going to do that, and you know this character is going to have some type of awakening or understanding of what he can do, um, and still be asked certain things that just isn't asked to uh, the white equivalent. It felt like you could still have this moment of like personal growth, like you yourself. Not like me, I'm black, Mm -hmm. but me, temperance, a personal growth moment of like, this relationship is actually toxic and this Mm -hmm. is not something that I want. 
I kept thinking he didn't get to go to his prom. That's freaking rude. It is. That was rude. Uh, I was like, oh no. I kept thinking that she was just gonna drop out of the movie because it felt like it really let go a couple times. Uh huh. Not to keep referencing next Friday, but something I do really like about that movie is that it sets up this love interest for Ice Cube (laughs) for Craig. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a moment when they like almost like do it or like make out or something mm-hmm. but he's like running from the other dudes and so he's just like no nah, i gotta go and then that's it she's never in the movie again and i'm like so it introduces this and it's funny and then it's over it doesn't make an impact on the story and i actually really appreciate that because this idea of having to get the girl mm-hmm. contorts stories into doing a lot of things that are otherwise unnatural to them yes like the end i was like why are we even bringing this back up again it's like just because you say bitcoin mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you need to bring out bitcoin in the last 15 minutes of the movie it was like the last half hour but yeah oh <laughs> i don't even mean really bitcoin i mean like there are a few key words you gotta get in like the first like start of the movie because you know it's gonna be like you need to know that Malcolm has an awareness of Bitcoin otherwise the audience won't buy it later they're not gonna buy like oh Bitcoin what the hell is Bitcoin how does he know Bitcoin he's not just a like a person I do think and movies do this you're right I do think that there's a lot of layering of phrases and themes especially like phrases and repetitive moments Mm -hmm. that get callbacks Mm -hmm that amplify certain parts of the movie and mm-hmm. make them totally connect. Yeah. Like the slippery slope thing. I think Edgar Wright does that a lot. Slippery slope. Which is why you can I rewatch an Edgar Wright that. movie that's and you why, see these little things all over the place. That's why I was like, I could probably see that a little bit more because he does do that a lot. But, and I'm not going to even say that those are not good sometimes because sometimes like I like... Sometimes they suck. Some, let's be real. Yeah, sometimes they're super cheesy. But there are moments where I'm like, oh damn, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yes. Um. I would like to say in, uh, The Good Boys, they end up bringing a paint, like a paintball gun with them and they put it in their backpack. They go through so many things where, like, there's no way that this, like, paintball gun is not popping out or, like, not hurting you or is not broken. Mm -hmm. Because you literally threw your backpack, like, over a highway or something like that. So, Honestly, I'm surprised it gotta, took as long as it did for the dragon radar to get broken in Dragon Ball. <laughs> That's and, true. Yeah. It's true. Um, I want to... Okay, so we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, the main cast was great. The main cast was great. Uh, I thought... Shmeek Moore was awesome. I thought the three main characters were well chosen. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love Tony Revolori so much. He is... Uh, his parents were Guatemalan. Oh. Yeah, there's a joke in the movie about not knowing his... Um, uh, ethnicity or national identity mm-hmm. um oh moroccan <laughs> yeah moroccan <laughs> and i'm like well if you're from morocco but anyway uh so his, his family's from guatemala um also i want to watch every movie that lakeith stanfield has ever been in ever <laughs> he's so good and he's always like oh man he's so good <sighs> a perfect choice <laughs> lakeith stanfield is the perfect choice yeah <laughs> it's all been great um okay what's so that what's that guy's name the drug guy uh dom or the big yeah, scary guy yeah, in the no. suit. Oh, I feel like we didn't even talk about that moment where, like, he's totally getting, like, jumped. And uh, he's carrying, like, all the cash that he's gotten from, like, selling these drugs for this mm. man. And, like, there's that moment where, like, they end up taking the drugs. But, like, for, I don't know how he got it, but the main character ends up having a gun. From his backpack. Oh, from that backpack? That's Dom's gun. That That's Dom, Dom's gun? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I was, it was, I was thinking it was, it was either that... Or he just picked one up, or like he well, just got one. 
just like on the streets of, of Los Angeles. There was this beautiful moment. I forgot what the movie's called. But these, uh, they had to be no more than nine. These kids uh, were able to buy this gun off this dumb ass man. Um, and they sit down and they pull it out of this brown bag. And he was all like, one of the kids was all like, we're going to be real men now. Accidentally shoots himself. Is this like a gun safety commercial? No, no. This is it's a, a movie. movie. Yeah. Accidentally shoots himself and the other kid doesn't know what to do. So he just sits there with his friend. The cops show up and the cops thinks the little boy did it. Uh-huh. So he ends up going to jail. This is a, like a full length This film. is a, Yeah, this is just a, a scene in it too of like how this guy what got into prison. What is this? I forgot. I totally forgot. But that, oh that moment has sat with me. Like I had to be like such a young kiddo when I yeah. watched this moment. And I think about it sometimes and I feel sick. Oh, you never saw um, Step Up. That also has a like a moment where I'm just like, guns are so powerful. Well, and that's that whole scene of him pulling the gun on Marquis, mm-hmm. on Loki Stanfield. That's mm-hmm. why it made me think of Lohane, because it's like there's this young man mm-hmm. who is stereotyped as being the aggressor mm-hmm. in uh, in acts of gun violence, mm-hmm. who does not want to be here holding this gun against this person. Mm-hmm. The same thing with mm-hmm. uh, Hubert in Lohane. And it's like, I don't want to be holding this. And it's, and it is, be doing this. for me, emblematic of of society forcing people into these roles mm-hmm. where, oh, you had so many choices. Yes, and. <laughs> yeah, and just imagine a person having so many cho- choices and then for a next person, half those choices is gone. Just cut them out. Just uh, any, anywho. Yeah, um, that's what makes me think of. This, I liked this movie. Yeah, this movie was pretty good. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. I'm, su- I'm super surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So go check this movie out. It's three bucks on Hulu. It's, or three bu- it's not, not Hulu, intense sorry, voodoo. at all. We're making it sound intense. There's, there are some intense moments. There are intense moments. I, I remember that moment beautifully, and I kind of have a problem with it. It feels like that guy like respected him or was scared of him now mm-hmm. afterwards. And it's like, I mean, those are probably just the after effects of anyone holding a gun. I'm thinking like, okay, Lucky Stanfield's character is also just a kid. Mm-hmm. Like he's a young man. He's also just a high schooler, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, go watch this on Voodoo. Yes, it's, it's so bucks. good. Watch um, it. We'll be back next week with my pick. I'm really leaning towards this one. Tim is already making a face, but... I'm not making a face. I'm sure. thinking how I haven't showered yet. I know. It's so gross. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Um, stay tuned just for um, all of our African-American movies. African movies. Black movies. My name is Tim Stally. My name is Ian Sutherland. And this was Tuesday After Next. Bye.